1: Welcome fellow seekers to podcast number 90 of God Beyond the Bible, a podcast made by seekers and for seekers. We sincerely desire this podcast to be a source of hope, peace and comfort to you wherever you may be as you listen.
2: And our shout outs this week are to our listeners in Sweden. We're glad to have you guys listening. And our quote for this week, I drew it this week too, is I'd say you'll do best by filling your mind's And meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not things to curse. And of course, that's the Apostle Paul from Philippians 4. Yeah, one of my favorite verses. Well, last
0: episode, we talked about life in the bubble, a concept that's a real hindrance to our personal and spiritual growth. And we hope that this will inspire us to look closer at our own bubbles and Allow ourselves to be more open and, uh, to other, you know, to other people's ideas and views, uh, no matter how different from ours they may be. Someone posted a line this week that goes a little like this: If you're trying to escape or avoid listening to something that repels you, lean in. That's your teacher.
1: I like that, and I know this popped up because of the bubbles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but. There is a documentary on Netflix called "The Social Dilemma," and I really think right. it, you should watch it. It's pretty right. interesting. Well, you
0: know, right now it's and we didn't do that because of that. You do know that right now, uh, Congress and the Senate they're grilling Zuckerberg. Oh, really? Over all of this, of what, of all of this stuff? Yeah, this has very stuff we're talking about here. Uh, he's I he's, he's getting yeah. really good. Well, I
1: figured this popped up in my news feed because of my research I did. Yeah, for. Yeah.
0: yeah. I watched a little bit of it of Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> he's not he's not really good. He's not a real people person, I think. Anyway, and right. he has a lot of trouble. He gets answering really the, nervous. Yeah,
2: in the face to face interaction. Yeah, and
0: and they're they're really. I'm not I'm not saying it's deserving what, but it's pretty clear. Either he doesn't, well, I'm just, I'll just leave it at that. But anyway, that's going on right now I'll the, have to look in into that. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So we want to dedicate this week's episode to a topic that we've mentioned many times in passing, but we feel a real need to devote an entire episode to it. And it is the character of God. We may have never before witnessed such hate and bigotry coming from the Christian community as we have in this post-election period. And the sad thing is it is thinly veiled behind godliness.
2: And you know, there was a recent cartoon post that was circulating around that more or less sums it up. In the first frame, the cartoon shows people sitting at the feet of Jesus, some bowing at his feet in adoration, and the subtitle reads, this is how it started. The second frame shows a church with the people gathered around the flagpole, bowing and showing their adoration for the flag. And the subtitle reads, this is what it's become. And this may seem a little bit crass at first, but it was someone's depiction of how far the organized church has strayed from its purpose for existing.
0: And it's clear that folks who are doing all this steering of division truly believe they're doing the will of the Most High, mainly because they've been confounded and confused about who God really is. And they've adopted an Old Testament angry militant type image of God. So they believe they're acting in the character of God when they do and say these terribly hateful things to and about their fellow man.
1: So what is the true image of the character of God? The character of God is summed up in the person, character, and teachings of Jesus. The writer of the New Testament letter titled Hebrews reads like this. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And that is, of course, from Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. That's
0: how the book starts out. Yes.
1: So let's not allow ourselves to focus
2: on things like, (laughs) what did the author mean by this phrase, these final days, and look at what the writer is declaring. Let's just concentrate on that last phrase. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. It seems that the author is clearly proclaiming that if we desire to know the character of God, we need to look no farther than Jesus, right?
0: Well, there's another important text, and it's in Paul's letter to the believers in Colossae, our New Testament book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 15. Paul writes, Christ, and let me say that a little slower. I may, it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul writes, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Now, if we put these two phrases together, we get the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and Christ is the visible image of the invisible God.
1: Yeah, we're not instructed to look anywhere else for an understanding of who God is and what his character is like.
0: In fact, didn't Jesus say, he said, you want to see the Father? Look at me. Look at me.
1: That's right. what I was going to say. I'm standing
0: right in front of you. <laughs> I think it was John
2: 14, 7. If you know the Father, then you know me. Right, That's yeah. Right. Um, so I said that backwards. You guys know what yeah, I meant out yeah. yeah. there? <laughs> you know me, you <laughs> know the problem. that, reverse yeah. it. Uh-huh. So why is this so important, especially in light of the current events? Because if we truly see Jesus as representing, as representing the character of God, it completely disassembles the vengeful, militant, Old Testament image of God that so many are hiding behind to express their hate and bigotry of their fellow human beings and it's the organized church that is promoting this false image of who God is and what he desires for us.
1: And you know, I got to say I I am the worst out of all three of us to get caught up in a thread on Facebook or something <laughs> yeah, and argue I am. Yeah. But I I mentioned that in something that somebody was talking yeah. about and they and I said, you know, we, Christ was the visible image of an invisible God. And all they could come back with was well, you know, Jesus did overthrow those tables. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: The righteous anger thing. Yes. We're supposed to have righteous yeah. anger. And I told a guy that one time in Sunday school. Uh, he's, he's doing that. So, well, we're supposed to have right, you know, because he was wanting to get all fired yeah. up about the political thing. And that's been a couple of years ago. And I said, you know, I don't think Jesus may have had the capability. I believe he did of being righteously. Angry. We don't have that capacity. No, no. I said, when we get angry. I said, when I get angry, I say stupid things, and I do stupid things, and so does everybody else. Oh, yes. So, you know, that righteous anger thing, don't don't cut it. Okay, when you combine this militant image of God with the insinuation that we as the United States of America are somehow a substitution for the old covenant nation of Israel, the stage is set for demonizing all who don't share this creed that promotes, and it's really just promoting ego and Mm self-righteousness. Like the Jews of, of the Old Testament, an out of control religion that promotes one group as righteous and all other as dogs and unworthy of God's favor. And that's a dangerous scenario. So
1: before, where did that come from? When did we make the move from the Old Testament, like being about, when did we make the move that we are Israel, that the United States? Is uh, that the,
0: you go back, that go, still goes back. I'm going to lay that at Jerry Falwell's foots. Okay. Foot's, uh, some of that is that because he used that analogy and they have uh evangel the evangelicals have used that through the years well we are we are symbolically is it's like no no there's <laughs> not, not. Nation, there's not nation covenants anymore god's got okay. it's a new covenant and it's with individuals but, started, but so. it, it well it promotes the whole political right. thing that's 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 what it was used for well stick around we'll be right back with part two
1: Welcome to part two of episode 90 of God Beyond the Bible. Let's start this part of the discussion by asking why it is that we think people are unwilling to accept the image of God portrayed by Jesus. And you know there are many factors and one is something we don't really think much about and it's that we're experiencing the results of the efforts of many centuries of the church declaring that the collection of works that we know as the Bible are divine and
0: and, you know you've heard us say it over and over but folks that's what's got us in this whole mess yes Mm -hmm. trying to make that collection of works instead of seeing it as a collection of different people different experiences Mm -hmm. different times We're trying to make it all as though, and you know, when we start, when we start saying this is God's word for us, he's given us this. (laughs) I'm not saying this, not divinely inspired. It came through human beings. And as we say over and over, if you don't see the humanity, if all you're looking for is divine and then you, then you're, then you're calling humanity divine because it came through humanity. You're trying to make those people divine. Okay.
2: Well, and by declaring or better yet, By masses of Christians being convinced that the Bible is and of itself divine, it places every passage, every text, every phrase on an equal level with what Jesus taught and said. In
0: fact, I've seen people say that.
2: Well, I was going to say there is a very popular social media um, personality out there. And she wrote a tweet that said, and I quote, if you elevate the words of Christ above those of the apostle Paul, you are in error. <laughs>
0: okay. And that's
2: that one's just hard for me to
0: Well, I'd like to I'd like to hear that validated.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Of course I know how it's gonna be validated because it's all, it's right. all equally right. divine. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So this means um that if we're placing every passage, text, equal, and phrase right. on an equal level with what Jesus taught and said. That means that anything Jesus said or did, portraying the true character of God, must then be divided and diluted by every other phrase and passage that says God did this or did that. He and how, destroyed this village. He- how do you How
0: do you set that? How do you How do you square that? Jesus said. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Well, we're that's, we're fixing to get to it anyway. I'll just go ahead. And, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Jesus himself challenged this Old Testament image of God when he said to his audience, your law says an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not return evil for evil. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Instead, repay evil with good. Love those that hate you. Do good to those who ridicule and despise you. Now, how do you, how do you balance that and say, well, that, where it says eye for an eye, that holds equal
2: and I have to throw this out there, too. I hear people refer to the Jewish law as God's law. Yeah, no, no, no. But if no. you will notice that Christ never once said my father's law or no. God's law for oh. you, he no. always says your law. Your law. Says. or
0: And sometimes he would say Moses' law. Yes. But he, it was your law or Moses' law. He never said God's law.
1: No. Yeah. Could it have been any clearer if Jesus had said, you people have no idea who my father is? In fact, he said almost those exact words when they claimed to be children of Abraham. And Jesus retorted, no, you aren't of Abraham, because if you were, you would hear me and know who I am. Now, Jesus knew that they were really genetic offspring of Abraham. So what did he mean by this statement? I mean, he was speaking in terms of their spirituality. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, Jesus knew very well genetically. They were all genetically connected. But But he he said, no, no. He was
2: saying you do not have the kind of faith that Abraham you didn't had. Have, you you don't, don't have that understanding. You don't have of the spiritual the approach. Is. Right.
0: You've got a religion, not not a spiritual approach of believing.
2: So how did we get to this place that hateful speech and being a bully becomes standing for righteousness? I mean again, the organized church is reaping a harvest that has spent almost a half century cultivating And that is a false image of God as being a promoter of division and hate and violent speech and behavior. And let me
0: say, it really goes much further than that. We've just noticed it in the last half century really Mm -hmm. get bad. Mm -hmm. But guys, this started way back in 300 A.D., 400 A.D. when the uh, Roman Catholic Church started. uh, Well, when the church and politics became, even back then, when government and, and the church became... Anyway, I just thought I'd (laughs) throw that in. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well,
2: let's just say it out loud. The church has resorted to appealing to the lowest common denominator, and that is the lower nature of humankind to operate from its self-righteous ego. And
0: I really feel like that's why there's so many people really getting on board Mm -hmm. with this thing, is that it is. It's appealing to our lower nature of hatefulness, Mm -hmm. mean-spiritedness, you know, it's, that, it's, none of this is coming from a higher nature. No. Uh, the most of, offensive of such tactics is putting God on the side of one political platform over another. Uh, Jesus, remember him? The one who is the true image of God's character, never once called his followers to arms against one of the most corrupt governments that has ever occupied space on the planet, and that's the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, just like today those who were looking for the messiah to physically deliver them from the tyranny of the roman rule were sorely disappointed
1: yes this was the most glaring reason the jewish religion rejected him as their messiah he did everything they were supposed to look for he healed the sick he raised the dead just like their own prophets said he would yet because he came bearing a message of peace and love he was rejected by those who were supposed to be righteous And was accepted by those who were outcasts of that very same organized religion. And let me
0: go ahead and say, the people were right in being, if you go back and read what the prophets said, it always made them think that it was the nation of Israel that was going to be lifted up and they were going to be above Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. and above the world. But see, it was a spiritual, and see, they had it wrong, The, the interpreters, the prophets, said the words but the words changed you know uh, am i making any sense here it changed the meaning we
2: are the chosen people so we tend to lean toward us being the chosen people in what you're saying i mean that's human nature and
0: and that's what they and you can glean that clearly from what the prophet said that you know hey Mm -hmm. god's going to lift up israel and they're going to be the apple you know but he was talking about spiritual israel not the nation of israel
2: Am I eight, guys? I think you are. All right. So it's clear that the organized church today has become the same intolerant religion that Jesus so clearly and so openly criticized and was rejected by, mainly because he refused to condemn their religious and political adversaries. It's sort of amusing that those who want to tout America as the equivalent of Old Covenant Israel never Mm -hmm. seem to make this comparison. And we aren't done yet, guys. We're going to be right back with part three.
0: And welcome to part three. We want to begin this final segment of this crucial discussion. Uh, by making a collective statement that stands for us as individuals and for this podcast. Our platform is that the things Jesus said and did and the attitudes he promoted are the only true image of the Most High God. Mm -hmm. Our position is that these things Jesus said and did pertaining to the true image of God take precedence over anything said or written about God anywhere else. And that includes those contained in this collection of works we call the Bible.
1: And when we make this our creed, there's not much area for speculation. There's one common thread that is clear, and that is that God is love. And it is an unconditional love, not a petty, whimsical, or fragile love. Jesus expressed love, compassion, and forgiveness for any who sought it. He backed up the love with action. He healed any who asked without question of their background or creed. He never denied access to any who sought it. He visited the homes and ate at the tables of those considered by the organized religion of the day to be the dregs of society. And I want
0: to throw in here, I read a deal the other day and it made a lot of sense. It said, you never read once where Jesus started the conversation. Where are you going to go when you die? Oh, That's
1: true. I like that. Very interesting. <laughs> Do you know where you're going? Yeah.
0: Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Yeah.
2: So if we step back and take a look at things with the mindset that Jesus really is the visible image of the invisible God, we may just discover that the problem with the world today isn't sin or our failure to point out and expose sin or sinful behavior. Instead, it just may be organized religion that once again has painted an image of God that allows hate and bigotry to hide behind its creed and openly operate in its midst.
0: And I know this is probably going to, upset some people that you know of course i don't figure there's very many people going to listen to our podcast that's <laughs> that's in that that's if you've you made know, it this far yeah i don't think you're going to but, but i'm
1: glad we're being honest and putting i mean you know because it's true and and we're not the only ones that think this there is no it's, that's well, one of the this is why
0: problems. there's about 15 percent of the of the nation's population in church
1: exactly exactly and 80 yes.
0: percent proclaim yeah. to be believers And only 15% are in church. Well, if we hate and hurt in the name of God, the organized church is no different than the other religions it condemns for doing the very same thing. We have rebuilt brick by brick the very same principles of the very organized religion that wished Jesus dead for his message of peace and love in his day. Now, we don't seem to be able to see that they killed the Messiah, and the whole time they were believing they were doing the will of God.
1: We seem to have even forgotten or ignored that Jesus settled the sin issue once and for all. Yet we have rebuilt and recategorized a system of determining acceptable and unacceptable behavior. And we've once again rated them on a scale that suits our own egotistical self-righteousness.
2: Which means that the ones I do are not as bad as the ones you do. Well, it's
0: okay for me to use hate speech and and condemn a whole group of people. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm doing it in the name of God
2: I'm doing it out of love oh yeah because I want to yeah. I'm exposing their you. I'm
0: exposing their sin yes
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgive me for that guys it just slipped out yeah in this process we seem to have diminished Jesus role as the only true image of God to just another side of the many faceted image of God that is portrayed in the text of the Bible and we can pick and choose which characteristic we wish to implement depending on our own bias towards others
0: I mean, I, I I was actually in a Bible study, a Sunday night Bible study. And the guy that was leading the Bible study started talking about it. He started down the Muslim. These Muslims taking our nation. They're doing all this stuff. And I said, now, no, wait a minute. Back up just a minute. What are you suggesting? You know, you're pointing out that what are you suggesting we do? We take up arms and we try to. To run these people out of it, he said, well, "That's exactly what we need. If we don't do that, then we're not going to have a nation." Oh my! I'm thinking, oh, and this man. is from a this is from a platform in a church.
2: Mm. I, you know, and uh, yes. uh, you,
0: could you just see Jesus all in that? Yeah. Jesus was just all over that, wasn't he?
2: Mm. Oh yeah.
0: Okay, am I eight? Seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we hope, as an enlightened listener, you understand we aren't condemning the church which is actually a spiritual institution, not a yes. physical organization. Yes. We're using the term organized religion which unfortunately the modern church has become in its physical sense. Yeah.
1: The organized religion that calls itself the church today does not represent the whole of the Christian I don't community. think it represents
0: the well, majority, 15% of the I, don't I think sometimes <laughs> the, the I
1: think they're the loudest sometimes. Oh, yeah. But there are a multitude of believers today that do not align themselves with any particular brand. And that number is increasing exponentially as the base of the big brand denominations is becoming increasingly disenchanted with the direction that the organized church has taken. This recent alignment with politics just might be the death knell. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I think it's going to be. Yeah. I, I I really think it is. I think that that true true Christians have got to be just shaking their heads and saying, you know. And folks, I'm going about not just what we're seeing on the news. I'm talking about what I'm mostly, what mostly we've talking about in our on social, social media, yeah. the hateful, ugly things that people are saying. You know, just, I have
1: lost friends over yes. I have, and I've never, I can't imagine and fathom that in my head, but somehow I have lost friends over this election. And it can all be attributed
2: to the abandoning of Jesus as the visible image of our invisible God. We seem in most cases to have substituted almost anything and everything for that image. The mainstream organized church has become a refuge for hateful and bigoted creeds and behavior instead of a refuge for the downtrodden, the hurting, the rejected, and the outcast of the world. Is it any wonder that in the parable of the wedding, when the master sent out invitations to the wedding, it was rejected by those who should have been honored to attend? And the master then said, go to the highways and the alleys and invite the broken and downtrodden. They'll come. And that's something I wanted to throw in here too, is that I have really realized that there are a lot of Christians who, especially on social media, they make fun of this concept of having safe spaces Mm -hmm. and for folks to come to where they can be away from bullying. They can be away (laughs) from all of these things that cause severe negativity to our mental health. And I sit back and go, you're so against these places, but is that not what the church should really be? It's supposed to is be a the sanctuary. It's safe, safe place. That's but Oh, exactly you, right. you
0: poor snowflake. You can't make it out here. In the, exactly. In that, are you tired of hearing that? Is anybody am, tired yes. of hearing that? You know, uh, and, and that's coming from, I'm making air quotes, the Christian community.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Well, Jesus' harshest words and perceived outbursts of anger, such as turning over the money tables, were for those who had substituted organized religion for a relationship with the Father. They had turned what was supposed to be godly into, in the master's own words, a den of thieves. That's
1: right.
0: So who was he mad at? Was he pointing out sin in the world? No, he wasn't. Was he out out. here turning over tables, pointing out sin? in the? No, he was pointing out the... How that they that organized religion had taken over and the people had got it wrong. he was he was angry with the religion of the day, That's not right. not the sinners of the day.
1: This visible image of the invisible God never once instructed his followers to take to the streets yelling and screaming slanders toward those that they deemed ungodly. He never instructed them to go to a village and kill and wipe out entire communities, as the old covenant people claimed to be his style and nature. It all comes down to where we are going, of, to where we are going to look for our image of the Most High. Do we look to those who claim to know all about Him, or to the One who is the visible image of the invisible God, the One who is the very essence of the true character of God? We believe this is the most critical decision that each follower of the Most High must make for themselves. And as always, until next time, may God's
2: unconditional grace, peace, and love be in, on, and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? you have an idea for an episode connect with us today visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com all one word or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com or you can visit us on facebook just type god beyond the bible into the search bar